0: Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. This is Episode 7 of Season 3 and I'm your host as always, Andy Davis. It's a very special episode this week because I'm talking to Mark Miller, the host of the recent Channel 5 show dedicated to this very sector, dream kitchens and bathrooms. It's a really interesting show and actually I do recommend having a look at it on Catch Up as it's the most realistic depiction of cost and timescale that I've actually seen on a show like this. And I think the KBB industry comes out of it very well and Mark's background in the construction industry means he knows what he's talking about. You probably know Mark Best from DIY SOS on the BBC, and we talk about how that show is one of the few on TV that shows tradespeople as being skilled, dedicated professionals. It's all good stuff. He's a really nice guy, so enjoy it. But first, you might have seen that we've got a new venue for the Review Retail and Design Awards. It's still in Liverpool. It's still on September the 15th. But by sheer public demand, we're moving to a bigger venue so we can get as many people as possible together for the biggest post-lockdown KBB industry party. We're now at the spectacular and iconic Liverpool Cathedral. Yes, really. And it's just going to be amazing. We're having the whole ceremony and dinner there and then we're taking over a whole big nightclub just down the road for the after party. You simply can't miss it. So get in fast if you want seats or tables, because while it may be bigger, there's still a limit on capacity. Go to kbbreview.com forward slash rewards to find out everything about booking. Now, as I'm sure many of you have seen, a great series has just finished on Channel 5 called Dream Kitchens and Bathrooms, which is, I think, the first time the two rooms that pay all of our mortgages have taken the lead role in a home interest show. So I'm so chuffed to welcome down the line the host of that show, Mark Miller. Hello, Mark.
1: Hi, how are you doing? You
0: well? I'm very well, thank you. It's very hot today up in my loft, but I'm doing okay. Now, I've done you a bit of a disservice there already, haven't I? Because the full title of the show is Dream Kitchens and Bathrooms with Mark Miller. Your name is above the door.
1: Exactly. I know. How's that? That's amazing, isn't it?
0: That is really good. So for today, this is the KBB Review Podcast with Mark Miller. That's the full title of it.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think I have my full title on everything from now on. I would insist on it if I was you. The only thing about having a full title is that when my mother used to use my full name, I knew I'd done something wrong. So it always worried me. So when I saw my name coming up on TV saying, with Mark Miller, I was like,
0: oh, what have I done wrong? (laughs) (laughs) So look, for those that might not have seen the show, Mark, can you basically just give us, tell us what it's all about? Give us the two-second pitch here.
1: Two-second pitch is, it's about kitchens and bathrooms. It's how do you create those amazing spaces in your home? Well, in the show itself, some people spent a lot of money to create their dream because they had it but there was other people who had just imagination and they had to create the same impressive room with very little money.
0: Speaking from obviously the kitchen and bathroom industry's perspective, it's been very welcomed by everyone I've been speaking to who works in the sector and one of the things that I think has come across really well is that you actually show how expensive things can be. How, how important is that do you think?
1: Well, I think it's just be, I think the whole thing about this show is it's being very honest about costs and the fees. We don't want people to get into trouble over thinking. Yes, we can go off and do this for X amount of money. We want you to go out there and be realistic about what you're going to do in that room and how much it's actually going to cost. So there's no point in beating around the bush. You know, just tell the truth. Your kitchen's either going to cost nine grand or it's going to cost forty-five grand. Price it up, work it out. That's what you're going to get. You know, it all depends what your budget is and what you're aiming for.
0: it is a criticism level sometimes at quote-unquote makeover shows or home interest shows that they don't give that realistic picture. I mean it's also very realistic about how long it takes to get a new kitchen or bathroom put in, how long it takes to fit it, how long the time scales can be for things like worktops or whatever.
1: You know, on a on a TV side of things, this was fantastic for us because we made this series all the way through lockdown. And it put a lot of pressure on people. Timescales were difficult. Everybody was living at home together. It was very hard to get their hands on materials. And it threw us loads of curveballs. You know, one, getting materials, getting the tradespeople, um, just keeping things moving, getting people into the house through a pandemic was very difficult. So we had mountains of pressure on the timescale.
0: Yeah, I don't know a huge amount about filming, but so much of it is done to very strict timetables, as you say. But there must have been times when you're due to film that day, but you just can't get in there for whatever reason.
1: You know, I felt really sorry for our production company, who's a Pie Production, who made made the program, because we had to move the goalposts constantly to keep the families happy, to keep everybody safe, and keeping the keeping the show rolling. But It was a really professional outfit and it ran really smoothly. We worked together as a team and all the contributors were fantastic. You know, they bent over backwards to help. But not only did they bend over backwards, you know, they actually really enjoyed doing that, you know, because these are very important rooms in the house and people suddenly had time at home with their families and got a chance to enjoy their actual home, not just somewhere they come home to at night at seven o'clock at night, eat some food and fall asleep on the sofa people started enjoying their home and seeing what could be done to it and having more time to think about what they could do in these particular rooms.
0: We'll come on to the details of this in a minute, but your background is that you're a builder, a construction trade. You've been in the construction trade a very long time. And one of the things I loved about listening to the show was you, the builder, talking about the design side of things. I I smiled every time you were talking about bold geometric shapes or vibrant colour contrasts or something. how, How are you with the design side of things? I
1: love the design side of stuff. You know, I, I, I'm a joiner by trade and I've worked around, I've worked with a lot of great designers and I've, I've run a, a design and build company myself for 20 odd years. And so I'm very much, you know, just because you're a tradesperson doesn't mean to say you haven't got a good eye in your head. You know, someone who makes furniture or kitchens and stuff, you know, they, they're very talented people. They know what looks good in certain properties you know if you go into victorian property and the style in that house already sort of cries out to you you go with that you have to have those skills to make things look the way the client wants them you know you have to sell them their dream you know and that's a very important thing so yes we have designers and i've worked with some fantastic designers along the way i've also learned from those designers but if you go right back in the think the designers can learn from us as well because design has to be very beautiful but it also has to work. That's my point of view.
0: Well, and like I say, you've been doing this a long time. Did you learn anything new about Kittens and Bathrooms doing this show?
1: I learned on this on this show because a lot of people hadn't um, didn't have the skills beforehand, and they were setting out on, on an adventure, really. You know, and I just learned. The one big thing I picked up on was patience. You know, to be really patient. And and a lot of the people we worked with were fantastic because they planned everything. They, they wrote lists. They planned everything out. They really thought about it because they they realized it was so difficult to get their hands on any materials. So they had to get it right. Because if you forgot one thing, you might have to wait another three, four weeks for that to turn up. So it really brought home to me about the level of planning that you need to do.
0: Well, look, let's carry on with the background a bit here, because I guess most people will know you from DOI SOS, a big BBC primetime show. But as I say, you've been in the construction game for a long time, haven't you? What's your personal background?
1: Uh, My personal background was I started off as an apprentice joiner in Ireland um, back in the old 1900 and frozen to death, as our Billy would say. And um, I've been in the industry ever since. So I started off in, in Northern Ireland. And then, when I finished my apprenticeship, I came over to London, did a few years in London working for a couple of different people. Then I moved to the Southwest to the f- glorious Bristol and um, started working for a firm in Bristol for a few years and realized I just wanted to do it myself. You know, I didn't want to be answering to other people. So I set my own company up and I ran that for, oh my goodness, quite a few years in Bristol. And I was doing a lot of kitchens, extensions, loft conversions, bathrooms. Everything to do with the construction industry, really. And I was really lucky because I I worked around a lot of very talented people, a lot of very good artists and um, people who just pushed me to think out of the box that little bit more. And then one day I was asked to go and have an interview with the BBC to join DIY SOS. And I point blankly refused to do it because my business was doing really well. I was really enjoying it. I had a great team around me. So I turned SOS down three times, I think. And then I finally decided to take the job with SOS as a trial and absolutely loved it. Hmm. I couldn't believe the energy. I couldn't believe just how kind people were and how much fun it was working on TV. And I got surrounded by another group of people who were also very creative and made me think in a different direction again. So things were moving on for me. Then, out of the blue, I was approached by... Channel 5, to do this Dream Kitchens and Bathrooms. And I was over the moon to have the opportunity to take all these skills that I've picked up over the years and share them with other families. And it really was a very down-to-earth experience. You know, there was no great TV sort of Winnebago was parked outside parked outside. We were we were having sandwiches on the, on the driveway and we were talking to the people. And it was really nice to make a program with a builder giving his point of view all the way through it. You know, it was really nice. It sounds quite selfish, but I think people appreciated it because it was a very down-to-earth approach to the whole thing.
0: Well, it is, and it's that practical side of getting a big project done in your house. It is often overlooked. A lot of the time on shows such as this, the cameras come in at the end and film everything in a very sweeping vista of of gorgeousness, but you don't see the guy ripping the tiles out at the beginning. DIY SOS, it's a big show, and I I really enjoy it. And what I like about it, apart from the fact that it always makes my other half cry...
1: Uh, Oh, so you don't cry at it?
0: No, never. No, you'd never get me I bet you do. (laughs) But I love the way it shows the trades as being very skilled... And passionate about what they do, and just being very professional. There are very few shows where the trades is the, is the focus.
1: Yeah, well, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about it, you know, because especially with SOS, you know, we're we're dealing with maybe 120 people coming in to turn around a terrace house in 10 days, and you need really skilled people. You're they're not. Some people get terrified at it because you literally open the door and let them in, and like ants, you strip a house in 20 minutes. You you basically take three months. Work and compress it into 10 days. Now, you need very skilled people that can work underneath that pressure. And after about halfway through day one, people get into the way of it and they realize that they have to sort of push through. They have to be ingenious and think of the best way of getting these particular jobs done. And they just shine because they're not there for an advertising reason. They're just there to give something back because they've done well in their own business. Maybe they've had some problems at home themselves and had help from somebody else. And they just want to give something back to the community. And that's incredible. That is incredible.
0: Yeah. And it's great just to see You know, a lot of times when the trades are on TV, it's because they're broke traders or something.
1: Yeah. Well, unfortunately it's really sad that we do see that side of it all the time because bad press sells news and, you know, people love to hear all that sort of stuff. I've been on SOS uh, for 18 years and I've just spent the last year on dream kitchens and bathrooms. And I have come across nothing but professionalism all the way through. And I find that generally, in uh, out there in the trade world, you know, there's a lot of very professional people, and it always surprises me how much they care as well. You know, it's not always about the money. People take, you know, take pride in what they're putting into your property. Stand back, they take photographs on their phone, they put it onto their their website. You know, it's something they've made, they've built they've it created. It's a work of art, you know. I look at tradespeople as artists, you know, right down to the plumbers when they're putting their pipes in and plumbing boilers up or plumbing bathrooms in. To see beautifully soldered copper joints, is incredible. Really neat pipe work, you know. All that is, it's like art and engineering mixed together, you know. Don't think of your tradespeople as Joe Blogs with a, a crack of his backside sticking over his jeans. These are very, there's a majority very, very talented, skilled people.
0: Can, can I ask a bit of a nerdy question here about DIY SOS? Because you're effectively the project manager on those shows. Are you the project manager? Because if you are, then you must get involved in each one way before the filming begins. There must be a huge amount of prep for it. You've got to get the building regs and everything.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely the project manager. We go through building regs. We set the prep up. I do the recce to find the jobs. Um, to see if logistically we can actually do those jobs in the time frame and you know whether we can get 100, 120 people into the street, where we park the cars, where we put the skips, where we put our catering, um, where the toilets go, how our deliveries come in. Have we got over overhead cables in case we've got a swing a timber frame extension in? Then I set the build-up. I work with a team, a research team at uh, BBC Bristol, and um, together, we all build that together. And then on day one, we turn up on site and then I take over on site as well. So well, yes, I project manage it from months before we actually turn up with the cameras.
0: Well, thank God for that. <laughs> as you say, you've run a successful building company for a long time. You're a high profile sort of representative of the sector. You're clearly very passionate about it. And one of the biggest issues in the kitchen and bathroom industry, and and I'm guessing it's across all trades, is a chronic shortage of skilled people, of skilled installers, skilled fitters. And it's become very acute during this time because there's been such a high demand for home improvement during the pandemic. Is the shortfall in skills tradespeople a big issue for you?
1: Yes, very much so. I'm noticing it more and more, especially now as we've come come out of the pandemic and there is so much work out. On the market at the moment but, you know, people are just waiting for months for anybody to do a job for them because there isn't that many trades people around you know that you know over the last few decades people have gone into it and gone into a sort of white collar end of, of, of business where the manual trades have been left behind a little bit and i would i would really say you know the younger people out there who want to come into it, it's a really interesting place to start your career because a bit like myself, I started as a, as, a, as a joiner on building sites and doing all that. And I thought, you know, maybe this could be my life. I'd be cutting roofs in and swinging doors for the rest of my days. But you can change your career. You can go further and you can you can move in different directions. I didn't know I was going to end up on TV. My God, I had no idea I was going to end up in television. And I've had a really lucky break. But going back to the very beginning, the construction industry is a fantastic business to be in. You know, whether you're fitting kitchens or bathrooms, whether you're building houses, all those things. As I said earlier, I I see the building trade as artists and engineers. You know, it's not just bricklayers and joiners and plumbers and electricians. These people, it's a real thinkers place. It's a really clever thing to, to do is to be part of the building industry. You know, you use your brains and you use your hands. It's a fantastic trade to be in.
0: Well, look, Mark, as I've uh, I have mentioned on this podcast before, I'm always in awe of people who have proper practical skills, expertise. I am a total danger to myself and others when it comes to using tools. Don't put me near anything sharp. <laughs> well, yeah, when DIY SOS started out, it was literally about fixing stupid people's DIY jobs, wasn't it? That was the original setup of the show, and that would be me. Well, really? Oh, my God, you're that bad. But you're very good at technical stuff because you helped me set this zoom up. <laughs> well, that is also true. However... You and I do have one very important thing in common, and that is that we have both been contestants on Pointless. Oh, my goodness. How did you get on? Well, I got to the final round. I have the trophy, but I didn't win the money. But you were on a celebrity version, so you can't win money. I know that. But how did you get on?
1: Oh, we were terrible. We were absolutely (laughs) terrible. We came out. We were the second to go out. And it was my fault as well. It was some musical question, and I just went blank, completely blank. Really enjoyed it. It was um, a real brilliant experience, but yes, we were rubbish.
0: So I have the trophy and you don't.
1: Well, I've got a BAFTA and you don't.
0: (laughs) Which is a fantastic answer, of course. Uh, Look, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I really enjoyed Dream Kitchens and Bathrooms with Mark Miller, uh, and I've actually had such a, a lot of good feedback from people in the kitchen and bathroom industry too. Any news on another series?
1: Wow, there's whispers in the wings, so let's keep our fingers crossed. If everybody gets on there and tells Channel 5 how much they loved it, maybe we'll get back with another series. But things are looking pretty good. It was a really enjoyable thing to do and it was just it was great seeing people just taking on a new challenge, you know? And that's what everybody should do, take on a new challenge. Um obviously don't do the electrics and plumbing yourself, but there's a lot of stuff you can do. And that is what was really nice about it, seeing everyday people just taking on something new. I love people who think out of the box.
0: Well, let's keep our fingers crossed. Now you can watch the whole series of Dream Kitchens and Bathrooms with Mark Miller now on Channel 5's catch-up service, My5. Thank you so much, Mark. I was going to ask you what your favourite breakfast cereal is, but I thought I'd better not. Uh, No, I don't have breakfast. That's good, because if you'd said shreddies, everyone would be in trouble. i just like a banana and a glass of milk myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Good point. laughs> thank you so much Mark right, see you, really nice to speak to you you too well huge thanks to Mark Miller from Dream Kitchens and Bathrooms really good to meet him, thanks to him for his time, you can tell just how passionate he is about the trades, it's fantastic to hear remember if you want to book seats or tables for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards at Liverpool Cathedral on September 15th then go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards see you there